Welcome to the Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. We're so excited as we discuss what it looks like to live the radical Christian life, following Jesus no matter the call, no matter the cost. Yeah, so let's get to it. Well, ho, ho, ho. Thank you for listening to us. <laughs> okay, I just ho, did that. Yeah, because I listened to last week's podcast and you started off by going, hey, hey, hey. It was so funny. And I thought I'd start off with ho, ho, ho. So it wasn't quite as funny. Wow. I try. I'm sorry. But anyways, thank you for listening to us. Uh, we continue on our podcast on. No, actually, we're not continuing on. We came to an end of that everlasting podcast series on sons and daughters, which was really good. And we really enjoyed it, but we want to move on. We're going to talk a little bit more about parenting, but this isn't just for parents. This is some principles that we've learned for life that we've applied to parenting, but this is for everyone um, just to think through your life. And then next week, whew, next week's going to be the one you really, really uh, want to listen to. Don't yeah. turn this one off. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you're, we're going to share something you've never really thought about or heard before about from Jesus. But anyways, let's get into this week. Yeah. Paula. Well, it has a good title. The title comes out of my upbringing. The title is called Do As I Do, because I actually grew up in a house where my father said this, do as I say, not as I do. Um, not a good parenting principle. Probably not a great <laughs> principle for life in general. Yeah. But we just decided, so, hey. We yeah. should live it out. Yeah, yeah, do as I do. And uh, I think that's kind of the, uh, Jesus did not like hypocrites. And so Correct. that would be something you don't want to do. You don't want to be on Jesus' bad side. Yes. And I love- I'm going to teach you a Greek word today. Okay. It's one of the few I know, Yeah. but I love it. It's hypocritas. There you hey, go. Hey, you know Greek now. <laughs> yeah. But when, when Jesus says, you hypocrites, you whitewashed yeah. tombs, you know, those that's the word he used, yeah. hypocritas. Yep, that's right. And it has the idea from comes from the theater where they were wearing masks. That's a hypocrite. They would wear a mask and pretend to be somebody else. Mm. And so And we don't want that in your life and we don't want it in ours. Yeah. So we're excited about what we have to share today. Yeah. We were talking about parenting and being sons and daughters and all that. And I, I like the little saying, to become a father or mother is not hard. To be a father or mother is, however. Mm. And so we want to talk about this because we one of the things we realize more and more as we deal with people and all our counseling and meeting with people and discipleship, probably discipleship more in counseling. Mm, <laughs> uh, I like that word. Yeah. Better, is, is this dysfunction really do, does produce dysfunction. And if you don't deal with your dysfunction, you're just going to pass it on. Yeah. And we want yeah. to talk about some principles. On we, we speak from experience in that. Yeah. You know, we've talked about this frequently and we say it, we're not perfect. We weren't perfect parents. Um, but we recognized that we had to deal with our own things that we brought in from our family of origin yeah. so that we could be better parents. And even with parenting, let's, let's stop for a minute and expand. What about like a, how many of you out there have had a jerk boss? Okay. Mm -hmm. We're Christians. We're not allowed to say that. Oh, I love everybody. Yeah. I can <laughs> love them, but call them. They were a jerk. They treated people horrible. They were a horrible boss. People kept quitting and, and that. Well, wouldn't this, these principles actually apply to that too, because they're, they're literally being a leader out of their dysfunction. They mm -hmm. were never trained correctly or never listened, and they probably saw bad bosses or they have hurts and problems in their life, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Mm -hmm. So that's what made them a bad boss. Or they want power yeah. or control. Yeah. So uh, they're in their dysfunction and they're producing dysfunction because people are either going to be in that and they're going to be dysfunctional or they're going to quit and leave because they can't take the dysfunction anymore. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I think this applies just across the board to many areas of leadership and parenting. A lot of parents never think about this. Parenting is leadership. Yes. 
You're the leader. It is. Yeah. How are you doing in your house? <laughs> yeah. How's your battle plan going? Yes. How's your um, business plan going? However you want to think about it. Leaders lead. And, uh, yes. Is there intentionality yeah. in what you do? Well, you already got in our oh, Prince one. There you go. So let's go, Paula. <laughs> but we're going to give some. We I wasn't talking? actually trying to cut yeah. you off. We're going to give six came. principles and uh, just to think through on these parenting principles mm-hmm. and that just and parenting, just life yeah. life principles let's yeah. call them life principles oh i like that yeah and that but we're going to apply them to different areas well, number one <laughs> be yeah. intentional be intentional <laughs> yes if you've listened to us before you've heard us talk about this this yeah. is one of my all-time favorite words if you go through a, our discipleship process um which maybe you'll go through it one day if you want to hang out with us but uh maybe we should publish that no i don't know process. You're verbally processing. I am verbally Okay, jump back in here. Be intentional. (laughs) But this is number one point. Be intentional. We always teach people. Yeah. And if you get that, your life's going to be much better. It's so true. And if you noticed, uh, you know, in our book, The Perfect Parent, it talks, it, it, the editor of our book interviewed each of our children. So we had no idea what they said until we saw it written out, which was great because there was truth in it. And one of the words that kept coming up that we noticed in that was intentionality, intentional. Yeah, mom and dad were intentional. Each child used that word. That was like one of my highlights of my life is seeing <laughs> that our kids got that. But it's really, it, it, so, so to break that down, it's why you do what you do. Yeah. You should always have a reason of why you do what you do. Oh, I love to do that, man. Somebody buys a car and, you know, everybody, hey, congratulations, congratulations. And I love to just kind of mess mess things up by going, hey, why'd you buy that car? <laughs> oh, it made me feel good. Oh, I like it. Oh, the engine. Oh, it's a, huh, okay. Uh, that's great. I wonder how Jesus is going to respond to that in heaven. But <laughs> you're going to stand before the judgment <laughs> wow. seat of Christ and get, yeah, wah, wah. And there it is. <laughs> Hang out with me. Yeah. So, it, but, but if you can't give a good reason, then don't do it. Yeah. Because you're going to have to answer. Jesus says even every word will be held accountable for. Yeah. Oh, don't Ooh, like that, that verse. That's yeah. Hard. If you want to read Matthew yeah. 12, 34 through 37, if you're having a good day and you're really feeling great about yourself, read Matthew 12, 34 through 37, <laughs> and you'll be humbled real quick and yeah. make you circumspect. But yes. yeah, I love quoting Thoreau. I'm a big Thoreau fan. And for some of his things, I mean, he wasn't a Christian, I don't think, and doesn't write like a Christian, but he does have some very thought provoking works. And yes. A couple quotes I use all the time is one is the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. Mm -hmm. They don't know what they're doing. They're just going aimlessly through life. Uh, We never got into it, but I think a lot of our listeners were into the zombies phase. Remember when the zombie shows, what was that big show? Walking dead. Yeah. I never saw it, but I mean, it was big with a lot of people. And uh, uh, that that's pretty much sums up a lot of people's lives. They're like zombies just going through life with no intention for anything. Yeah. And there's other famous quote. You want to say there's other one? Men lie on their back talking about the fall of man and never make an attempt to get up. Yeah. Let's just complain about everything. Yeah. yeah, And they don't do anything. Yeah. One of the books that really affected me, actually, I didn't tell you this. Uh, The other day I was sitting around with three young men in my discipleship group and they're sitting at the breakfast table and we were talking and I asked, told them about Stephen Covey's book, Seven Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm. They had all heard of it, but they never read it. It was like this old book and I'm thinking, yeah, that book's 1989 and- he was he was really a precursor to a lot a lot of the leadership stuff yeah, out there, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 That was the book. Now it's like Jim Collins, Good to Great, or you know, those kind of things. Some John Maxwell fans. John Maxwell, yeah. He yeah. was 
But his book, uh, he uses the word proactive. That's one of his seven habits. And uh, it's kind of like be intentional. But I love this quote. You want to read this quote? Yeah. Anytime we think the problem is, quote, out there, that thought is the problem. We empower what's out there to control us. The change paradigm is outside in. What's out there has to change before we can change. Okay, let's stop there for a second. Isn't that so true? People are always complaining about their circumstances. Well, if I could get a new boss, well, if I can get a new job, or if I could just do this, or I could, and it's always out there is the problem. Yeah. If this circumstance changes, I would be different. Yeah. My life will be happy then. You know, we move into a new house. We move into a new thing. Well, well, we will tell you from being now in our sixties, Doug just celebrated birthday. He caught up with me. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I thought I just put that out there since you've given me such a hassle when I turned the age. It's been three weeks and you said, wow, you've been talking more about your health. (laughs) (laughs) I'm that guy now. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. But from experience and life experience, we know this not to be true. Yeah. And the quote goes on. The proactive approach is to change from the inside out, to be different, and by being different, to affect positive change in what's out there. Yeah. So we change first, and then we can have an effect on what's out there, yeah. what's in the world. And that's why we see people, you know, we travel the world. We see people, uh, in fact, I, I had to deal with a guy the other day, he just came back from a very poor country, very poor country. And he was getting ready, and that, that day a bunch of guys were going out to do homeless ministry. And I said, okay, this is reverse culture shock, be careful, because homeless in our country is not like homeless we've seen around the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we still have programs. We still have, yeah, like they were going, they were going to a church Homeless can go to a church and get a free meal. Homeless can go to our welfare system. They can go and get things. Poor countries, certain countries there we go no to, plan B. there is no. If you don't have yeah. family to help you, you are literally begging on the streets with no other alternative. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, but you know what? We've seen those people in utter poverty like that, and they have more joy than people here. Yeah. That's the amazing thing from all the traveling that we've done. It reminds us it's not outside in, but it's inside out. Yeah, You can find joy in even tough circumstances. And so, but that's, but going back to the whole main point here, being intentional Mm -hmm. and and make, and focusing on the inward, which, Mm -hmm. which brings us to point two. Yeah. Be honest and evaluate. Yeah. We just have such a great capacity as humans to lie to ourselves. Yeah. Like we do. We do. And that's why we need the ar- the iron sharpening iron, you know, that term from the Bible that talks yeah. about that. That's why we need brothers and sisters in the Lord to yeah. help us. What was your, what was the thing we always heard my, uh, st- my stepfather who led us to the Lord? What was this oh, thing? He always used to love this. He always talked about the big eye on our forehead, you mm-hmm. know, between our eyes of it's all about me. It's all the way I see things. It's all the way it affects me. It's the big eye. And I I have, I I think this is one of my strengths the Lord has allowed to happen in my life is giving me ability to be honest and just be self-evaluating. Now, Mm -hmm. I mean, we all have strongholds we can't see, but being willing to ask people and then to listen. I always, one of our philosophies is if somebody rebukes you, step back and listen Mm -hmm. and consider it. Don't get defensive. Don't push back. Don't make excuses. Mm -hmm. There might be some truth that you need to hear. Mm -hmm. And And that's hard. That's hard. That's, yeah, yeah, I I don't do criticism really well. And so when you, like, I'll I'll say, like, is this some, I love this, by the way, this is Marriage 101. I'll ask Doug, like, hey, was this warranted? Or um, is there something is it not? What do I need to learn from it? And mm-hmm. you've been great about that. You don't let me get away with just feeling 
uh, affected or offended. So I was in a church situation recently and I was with a group of people and there was a woman who just talked the whole time, dominated, just dominated. And unfortunately the, the setting was, I couldn't go up and talk to her afterwards. We had to leave and go off to do something else. And I haven't got a chance to see her, but, but my response is, and I was sitting there thinking, I need to go up after her. It's in love, do this in love. But, and my opening question was going to be, are you a godly woman? And I, she is, she, she loves Jesus, I think, but she can't see this flaw. And to say, well, if a godly woman, then a godly woman, it says uh, a correction is a, is a good thing to them. Mm-hmm. They, they, a wise person loves re- you know, correction. A fool rejects it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And just say, hey, you may not realize this, but there were 14 people in the room and you did all the talking. Mm-hmm. There were 13 other people who had things to share. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, and I didn't get a chance. And, you, and some people think, oh, that's a jerk. Who are you to tell her? But, but no, that's actually helping people. Mm-hmm. But, but we, sometimes we can't see that. But, but if you're honest and really stop and think about it, uh, you, you should be able to see your flaws. Yeah. If, if you can just be honest. Yeah. My, my son, we were, I was just with my son the other day. Uh, my one of my sons, I have three. We have three of them. We have three <laughs> of them. And one of them goes, uh, you know, how academics, they like to read about prayer instead of actually praying. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, son. That's right. And then I found myself the next day reading a book about prayer. And I was like, wait a minute, why don't I just close this and actually pray? Am mm. I starting to become, because I'm an academician, am I that? Mm. I don't know. I like academia, and I love to study and learn things. And I'm like, wait a minute, I probably studied more about prayer than actually praying sometimes. Mm. And so mm. I, I couldn't see it until I, oh, wait a minute, I need to evaluate myself on this. And it's just, that's a silly little one, but just something I try to always do. And I think that's helped improve my life. Yeah. What yeah. about you? Yeah. You think it's improved your life? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think for all of us, when you share things out of love and concern, mm-hmm. usually somebody is waiting for somebody to step into that. That's yeah. what I get a lot because a lot of my job is conflict resolution and some mm-hmm. other stuff. And we all have the ability to to help people in love. And that's that's just key. Yeah. But honesty is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. What's our third one? Embrace the conflict. Oh, I love this. I think that was in our favorite saying series that we did. It is. And it it is not easy. And people always think that the people that do that, like are aggressive, the type Mm. A, the alpha, it's, it's not that. Like you can do that with gentle. In fact, in actuality, that's not embracing the conflict. That's no, being aggressive. That's making conflict. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the component of embracing the conflict is meaning, meaning that you're you're willing to step into a hard situation for the betterment yeah. of the situation. If you're going to raise children, you're going to realize there's going to be conflict. Yep. You're going to have a two-year-old. You're going to have a teenager. You're going to have these phases of stages that you're going to figure out. They're trying to figure out their life. Two-year-olds learning, the, I always love to say, I love two-year-olds because my favorite word is no, and their <laughs> least favorite word is no, and they have to learn no if they're going to yeah. be a successful adult. Yeah. And teenagers, you know, they're going to have to learn boundaries and those things, and you have to embrace that yes. instead of just putting your head in the sand and being yeah. an ostrich parent. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And recognize that some kids are just harder than others. Yeah. Some people are just harder than yeah. others. Yeah. Harder personalities, those kind of things. Yeah, you, you want the person on your team who's a quiet and shows up every time and always says yes ma'am no ma'am and just does then you have your other ones who you know you got to make sure they show up on time and they always <laughs> pop off and say something and, yeah. okay some what do they call them t tinder extra ET? extra grace required yeah egr egrs that's it yeah yeah we watched a movie the other night uh if you haven't seen on amazon prime it's actually one i oh no the language is rough now that yeah. i think about it. it is a really rough language movie 
Mm. Yeah. Okay, forget that. <laughs> Can we say No, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Yeah. it uh, on Amazon Prime, they had that movie Air about the uh, story of Michael Jordan signing mm-hmm. with... Uh, I guess you can watch those things. Is it VidAngel? Yeah. Or one of those where it takes out the stuff because it actually had a a really good message in it. Yeah. But but I always, sorry, I didn't need to bring that up just to say my quote, but uh, (laughs) Michael Jordan had a quote. It's in our book, actually. I think I put it in the book. I loved Michael Jordan's quote. And if you watch the movie, you'll get it because his mom is very strong and, and helped him. Wyatt's strength. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And the way he tr- gives him a uh, tribute to her at the very end and the credit parts, you'll, you'll, it's pretty amazing. But anyways, I love this quote. If I ever had a problem, my parents never had a problem telling me I had a problem. <laughs> That's embracing the conflict. That, that yeah. is so good. Don't run away from things that are going to make you better or going to make your children or your employee or somebody else yeah. better. Yeah. Don't. I, I really do think, not to just give ourselves a pat on the back, but that is something we learned early on because neither of us came from families. Our families were secretive. They didn't share things. There were things that had happened in the family nobody would talk about, you know, all those kind of things. And so we were really sensitive about that. We wanted our kids to know who they were, what their weaknesses were. Like, okay, if you're going to get tempted, this is probably going to be the area. Yeah. And for good or for bad, what I've noticed is – and stepping into a little bit of sensitive area that we didn't raise our in-laws. Yeah. So that that's been a little bit different for us because self-awareness in our family was such a big thing. Yeah. Like, Hey, if you're talking all the time, use that example earlier, we would talk to the kids about that. Okay. You, you, you need to be quiet a little bit because you're going to step into a situation where you better know who you are in your job, in your marriage, in your parenting, you know, just in your relationships. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So, and I was thinking about it in the terms of um, a husband, a man shall leave his father and his mother and cling to his wife, and mm. the two shall become one flesh. Mm. I always tell men, you are starting a new family unit, mm. you know, and you got to guard it. You got to guard it from your extended families, and mm-hmm. you know. And I always say to my, I say that to our kids. Mm-hmm. It, ultimately, it's about you and your wife and your children, not and about your husband. M- well, your our husband, daughter. Yeah. yeah, I'm talking to our daughter too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry. Yeah. And uh, sorry, Bethany, I might have thrown you under the bus there. <laughs> but basically, it's don't make us happy. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll we'll miss the Christmas dinner. We'll miss. You know, we're not going to be those in laws who are or the parents who are just demanding. you got to yeah demanding yeah. and putting all that pressure. So if you have those, I'm praying for you because mm. uh, and we protect. Or if you them. are that change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, that, anyways, we're going off on tangent, but that creates a lot of, so you have to embrace the conflict. I've seen a lot of men not embrace that conflict, or a lot of women not embrace that conflict, Mm. and their families fall apart because they won't stick up to their parents, they won't stick up to their kids, they won't stick up to their parents. Would you share that story about my dad? Yeah, actually, that's funny you said that. I was going to share it, and I thought, I don't want to share it. No, I want you to share it. It's good. Yeah, I I actually shared it. uh, I just came off a road trip with two of my sons, and uh, I shared this to them, and they, I don't think they really knew the depths of what I, no, actually it wasn't on the road trip. It was my meeting with my son with another disciple of mine, one of his good friends, actually his disciple. Anyways, that's fine. <laughs> when you're, when you have your son as your disciple and then he has a disciple of a guy you also disciple, that's kind of a cool, <laughs> cool lunch. But anyways, I told him the story one time we were at your, your house mm-hmm. with your dad and I worked for your dad at that time. And Doug and I were married. Yes, we we're married. And we, and had we had one had, son. Yep. Our son, oldest, firstborn, Jacob. And your dad had three, do- four daughters and no sons. And so this was his first 
grandchild, a son, and he, you know, well, you can imagine wanting to spoil mm-hmm. that kid. But I remember you and your sister got in a little conflict, and he spoke to you in a way that no man should speak to a woman, just and no way somebody should speak to my wife. And he said some very derogatory things. And I, no way, don't talk to my wife like that. And I stuck up for you. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Game on. He literally just lit into me then. Don't you tell me in my house, blah, 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 blah. And uh, hey, okay. Very in keeping with his personality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fine. I mean, yeah. okay. You're right. It is your house. and I, But I don't have to stand here and let my wife be taught like, like that. Paula, grab Jacob. Let's go. And we left. Like, well, that's fine. I'm not going to sit here and start fighting with you and, you know, trying to get my way. If that's the way you want to talk to my wife, well, great. We just won't come around. That's that's the best solution, right? Okay. That's what was going through our brain. Yeah. I'm going to protect you. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Afterwards, I got his respect. Yes. That's and ultimately- I think it's the only time I've ever heard my dad, had heard my dad apologize. Yeah. Well, so, even that was an interesting apology. Yeah, yeah well, we'll, we'll take <laughs> and not it. to throw him we'll under the bus, was, but the yeah. point was he saw what my priority was, and yeah. my priority was my and family. Never and happened my, again. No. So sometimes you do. You have to embrace the conflict. It's yeah. hard. The outcome might not be great. Maybe that would have caused a issue, an ongoing issue in our relationship. But we had put up a boundary. But so, I knew what my priorities were. Yep. And I knew what my boundaries were. And you're a big, you're in my relationship was more important yes. than, than that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So anyways. Okay. Well, let's go to that. the number four. Thank you. are yeah. welcome. Let's go to number four. Number four. Have a goal. Have a goal. A goal. Yes. I, I use this illustration all the time and you're like, I don't get it. <laughs> so let me explain. <laughs> but I always say, um, without a goal, you cannot score. And I always use the illustration. That part I get. You, that part you yes. get. But I always use the illustration. If you're, and we go around the world and the, the, the world sport game, the game of the world is football football they call soccer right? yes. and we call it soccer they yeah. call it football and uh and but you see, so we go everywhere and you'll see kids always out kicking a ball around mm-hmm. and that's all they're doing they're just kicking a ball around but once you put two rocks or two chairs or make some kind of artificial goal they're not just kicking a ball around anymore they're playing a game mm-hmm. now somebody's trying to score and somebody's trying to defend the goal and it becomes a you know a game of win or lose yeah I think that's so a great illustration because too many people are living life just kicking a ball around. They're yeah. not trying to score. They're not trying to win at anything. They're not understanding. They don't even really know what the goal would look like. Yeah, exactly. So what I, I love that. I said, so what, what do you want for your child? Mm. And we know some parents, their goal was academics. Mm-hmm. They wanted their kids to get like, uh, I love what our pastor said. Sometimes we want our kids, we're more excited about our kids going to Harvard than to heaven. Mm. Or something like that. I was paraphrasing, <laughs> but or Princeton and Paradise or whatever. That's what you want to use, you know. But but that's so important because yeah. what is your what do you want for your child? Mm-hmm. Like even in boss, we were talking about it. What do you want for your employee? Mm-hmm. What do you want for your friends? What do you want? What is your goal in this? Even when you and I, this is one of the things I'm big on when we've talked, and well, I'm making this when we tell my story. I'm trying to make myself sound good, and I, I'm, that's not my point here, but. <laughs> How many times have you heard me say this to you, Paula? So what, what is your goal? What's your outcome of this? Yes. You have a conflict at work and you have to deal with it. What Are you just trying to get your point across? Are you trying to win? Are you trying to get them to change? Are you trying to just get them to accept? What is your goal in having yeah. this conversation? Yeah, you ask me that all the time. What's the outcome you want to see out of this? Yeah. It, it, it's helpful, by the way. Yeah. And I would say, yes, you didn't. You weren't trying to make yourself look good. You're good at that. Yeah. 
It's very helpful. So what are your goals for your children? That's one we love to talk about with parents. What what do you want to raise? I just talking to our one son and he was telling me that, that the values he wants to instill in his children. Mm. And it's just great. Yeah. You get it. You yeah. get it. You, yeah. you have a, pl- well, and that brings us to the next one. I yeah. almost said it there. Because <laughs> if you have a goal, then you need something to go with the goal. You should have a plan. You have so a number plan. five, have a plan. Yeah. I love the quote. A dream is just a dream. A goal is a dream with a plan and a deadline. Ooh, <laughs> so, I like that. I want my kids to love Jesus. Great. I do too. What's your plan for that? Right. Do you read the Bible to them? Do you have devotions to them? Do you talk about Jesus Did they Jesus ever see you read the Bible? Yeah. Yeah. You, you go to is church? church priority yeah. did, or is a sport did they, yeah. priority? Oh, no, 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 Paula. No. They have to play on the traveling team. They <laughs> cannot. They, I mean, church can be optional, but sports is a mandatory. Yep. Yeah. The coach has that one. Good the luck coach with has that, more, by the way. Yeah. And then they'll grow up and believe the coach has more authority than the pastor. Mm. Mm. The man of you know, God that he's appointed to lead the church is not as important as that coach. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, because your child's going to be in the NBA or in you know, <laughs> Sorry, I'm going off on this. But uh, yeah, we're being a little snarky there. <laughs> But intentional snarkiness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, because it's just common sense. If your child doesn't see you worship, why do you expect they're going to worship God? Mm-hmm. If they don't see you passionately reading or studying or trying to learn from the word of God, why would you expect that? We're they, serving. Yeah. You know, yeah. why would we expect our kids to grow up with something that we haven't modeled? Yeah. They can. Praise God. I did because I watched what my parents didn't do, but that was by, uh, by the uh, grace of God. Yeah. So if you're a Christian parent, please do it different. And if you're not a Christian parent, become a Christian. <laughs> Accept the <laughs> gospel. Go. Why not go to heaven and yeah, raise God's children? Because our lives different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, one of the things I want you to notice about these five principles, Paula, did you notice something? Uh, we did not use the Bible like we typically no. do. No, we're always, we always say like that's. It's about what the Bible says. It's not about what Doug and Paula say. <laughs> yeah. It's about the Bible. We haven't used the Bible. So these are principles that can be used by non-Christians. Mm-hmm. So I guess if you're a non-Christian, you can use these. Good luck. <laughs> you know? And uh, it's not going to be good at the end, but there's something missing. Mm-hmm. And that's number six. And this yeah. is the last principle. We have to answer the question. And we have to settle it in our own hearts as believers in Jesus Christ. Is God good? The number one reason people will not accept the gospel, the number one, there's all sorts of excuses, but the number one reason is because they do not, how can there be a good God with so much suffering and pain in this world? Mm. It just doesn't make sense. Mm. And that subtly creeps into our mind also. Mm-hmm. And, that, and so there are so many scriptures we can go to. But you need to search the scriptures yourself. Mm. I mean, is Psalm 34, 8 true? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is one who takes refuge in him. Is, is that true? Mm. I mean, is God good? Oh, the Lord is good. You know, it just says it over and over again, especially read the Psalms. Yes. You know, does God care? Yes. And that's important. He's faithful. Because yeah. you won't be successful in any endeavor if you don't settle this. Yeah. Because your child's going to do something that's going to hurt. Yeah. There's a, maybe, maybe not. There's, I guess there's perfect kids out there. I don't. I've <laughs> never seen them. But yeah. what are you going to do if your child? What happens if a prayer request doesn't happen? Yeah. What happens if somebody gets sick? Your child gets yeah. sick. Yeah. Your child runs away and hasn't come back, or fallen away and hasn't come back. Right. Is God still good in that? Mm. 
Because there's pain. There's going to be pain. Yes. But you've got to settle this in the scriptures because the scriptures are very clear. The Lord is good. Yeah. yeah. And we have to parent. We have to be a boss. We have to be a leader with that premise in mind. Mm. In this world, we're going to have tribulation. Mm-hmm. Jesus said it, John 16, 33. In this world, you're going to have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. That's so encouraging. Yes. That is so encouraging. And so um, those are just some six principles. I think that's, let's just stop there. I think that's good enough. Yeah. I'll give this some things to think about. Are you, yeah. um, let's just run through them real quick though. But are, you know, are you being intentional? You know, do you know where you're going? Do you, do you have a plan? Well, yeah, I've got to the plan, but are, are you honest and evaluate? Where are you failing? Where are you falling short right now? Yeah. Or uh, is an area that you could improve? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, we talked about it. when we came off the mission field, we had nothing. We were those either really sacrificial missionaries or not very bright missionaries. <laughs> I mean, it's a fine line. Where I always say fine line between faith and stupidity. And mm. sometimes, you know, Christians, we cross them, get them mixed up. But, you know, we didn't, financially, we were not very secure mm-hmm. and we don't want to be dependent on others. We like we always said, we want to be the person who can help the homeless, not mm. be the homeless. No, God's sovereign and stuff. But but we then put a plan into place. Wow, look how God changes so we can bless so many people mm. now just by being intentional yeah. and, and moving forward and being honest and evaluating. Oh, we haven't been that wise. We've been worrying more. Wait, that's a little bit too autobiographical. <laughs> embrace the conflict. Do we embrace the conflict? Yeah, are we are, willing to step in on the hard things? Yeah, if your teenage child's rebelling, don't turn a blind eye to it. Get help. Get right. Write us. We'll give you some resources. Go to go to your pastors and ask them, what can I do to help and, and embrace the conflict? Yeah. You can have a goal. <laughs> you know, that goes back with being intentional. Without mm. a goal, you cannot score. What is your goal for your life, for your children, for your family, for your marriage, for, you know, your finances, everything? What is your goal? And if once you have that goal, have a plan for it. Yeah. But then come down to ask the question, wrap it up in your theological um, bundle, how you want to say it, wrap it up in the theological bundle of, is God good? Yeah. Because that's the premise we have to work out of, knowing that in this world, we're going to have troubles. Not everything's going to work out. My plans are going to be, you know, not all work out perfect. And, you know, my, Actually, I'm, usually most things are thwarted at yeah, some point. Yeah, because there's a person called Satan. I just said mm-hmm. this to a person at church the other day. I just said, I hate that guy. Mm-hmm. I do. He's trying to kill, still kill and destroy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but mm-hmm. God gives us life and gives it us abundantly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's on. Okay. But now next week, oh, we are going to shock you. Yes. We're going to talk about what Jesus actually said about family. Yeah. And if you've never studied this or thought about this, be sure and listen, because this is the counterbalance to everything we've said before. (laughs) See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. I think it's at this time we're supposed to do some pitch like hit the subscribe button or donate. But we just want to say, do what you want. We trust way more in the sovereignty of God than in the Christian industrial marketing complex. You just keep living radical for Jesus, and so will we. And let's watch how he blesses us all. We'll see you next time.